0: Idushin Vova Aleph, the unconditionality of a gift, the It's interesting that when we're invested in, in something, we become very attached to what we're invested in. The more we're invested in, the more we become attached to it. we spoke yesterday about, about integrity and what a critical part that plays in the life of what a Jewish person is. The more integrity one has in one's business dealings, the more the harder one has to work. People say honesty pays, but it doesn't really. Uh, it, it pays more to be dishonest very often, and the revenue is often tax-free if, if you're dishonest. So th- the reason to be honest is not because it pays. The reason to be honest is because that's what a mensch is. That's what it is to be an upright human being. But then that very honesty means that every dollar a person earns is earned with greater investment of effort. And that's why Chazals say that that for Tzadikim, the, their material assets, the things they've struggled for and worked for are very precious to them because they know how hard it is to work for that. They're absolutely meticulous in the way they go about their business dealings. So everything they've earned, they've earned through sweat and blood. It's been really hard. And they treasure it in that way. So the more we've invested in something, the more attached we are to it. And when it comes to things like giving a gift or giving tzedakah, it's totally counter because instinctually it should be very difficult to let something go, to give something away. When gives give something away to somebody one loves and cares about, that's one thing. But to give something away, uh, and even that, it's something very uniquely human. A human being will put his hand into his pocket and take money out that he's worked hard for and give it to a stranger. So that's something that goes against the survival instinct to be able to do that. And this piece of Gomorrah is a good example of Gomorrah where we're not necessarily going to learn something revolutionary, new in the way we think. But very often the Gomorrah, through applying our minds into having to think through minute details of behavior, that helps us to rewire our, our brains, our minds. It helps us to think the way the Torah thinks, to see the world the way the Torah sees the world. The Torah is not a source of information. We've spoken about that very often. It's designed to mold us into beings that see the world differently. And today is an example of that. It's a very technical issue, but through understanding the technical issue, we understand some of this idea of of gifting. We're talking about now a man who is his wife, he's betrothing his wife, giving her and the normal circumstances it would be a ring. You'll see that the object of value that this particular man has chosen to give his wife is somewhat unusual, but giving it to her in such a way that at the time he gives it to her, it's not really hers. There are strings attached; it only becomes hers later on. But at the actual time of the wedding, of giving it to her, of betrothing her, it's not fully hers. So the case we're talking about in our Mishnah is <laughs> If you can imagine the scenario, they're sitting, a young man and and his uh, girlfriend at the stage are sitting in a a restaurant and there's a plate of dates in front of them. Uh, Some of their friends are there. And he says in front of these witnesses, open your mouth. And he takes a, a date out and he pops it into her mouth and he says, with this date, I'm making you my wife. And then he takes another one, he says, open your mouth again, he says, and with this date I'm making you with my wife. And with this date. And he feeds her a whole lot of dates, and he says, hit you become my wife. Im And again, this is an example of where the Talmud pushes the boundaries of scenarios in order to test the limits of halacha. So it's, it's not that every day you have such a case and that some rabbi was asked about a situation like this. It's creating scenarios that test the limits of halacha. If in, among those olives, one of them was a Shaveh pruta, one of them was valuable enough to be an object of Kidushin, then she's Mukadeshit. Vim If not, not. If he didn't say, I'm Mekadish you with this date. And then again, I'm Mekadish you with this date. I'm mekadesh with... If he didn't do it that way. If he just said, I'm Mekadish you with this date, and with this one, and with this one, and with this one. So he didn't interrupt the, the phrases. Then they, there has to be a total of a shave Prutah. Now comes the important one for us. If she was consuming, the first one is talking about where she doesn't necessarily eat them. The second one is talking where she eats them one by one. One of them has to be a shave Prutah. So that's the scenario that we actually described. He pops it into his, her mouth, she eats it. He pops another one into her mouth, she eats it. And, and so it goes on until he's given her 15 or 20 olives, and, and then and it's kind of done. So the Gemara then goes on to say, ah, hey, th- this talking about that she consumes it, are we talking about the first part of the second part of the Mishnah? And then the, the Gemara says... Elo Assefa, it must be talking about the second part of the Mishnah, where he says, you are mekudesha to me with this one, this one and this one and this one and this one. And she eats them as he pops them into her mouth. And on that it says, as long as one of them is more than a be'kamaita, even if the first one is worth more than a pruta So now let's look at the scenario. He's got these 10 olives in front of him. Nine of them are very small and not very good. One of them is a beauty. It's an absolute exquisite date. It's worth definitely more than a pruta. And he pops that into her mouth and he says, I'm marrying you with this one and this one and this one and this one and this one. And And she eats them one at a time. So she's now eaten the only one that is actually a Shaveh Pruta. By the time he gets to the end of his betrothal. This is a rather interesting betrothal. It takes a little while. And by the time he gets to the end of the betrothal, the only one that was a valid kiddush is already in her stomach. She's already consumed it. That's not a kiddushin, that's not a gift, that's alone. And in looking at the, the understanding between the difference between a gift and a loan and why that first date should be alone is what we're looking at in our Gemara. Rashi explains, Kivan lo nigmuru adjet kablem kulam since the act of kiddushin, of betrothal, is only complete when she's finished with all, because he's saying, I'm being mekaddish you, not just with a pruta, I'm being mekaddish you, with a pruta, press a whole lot of dates that together are worth a lot, and so eat them one by one. If the kiddushin only is only activated at the end of the series of dates, then when she consumed the first date, it was not yet kiddushin. So whose date was it? It's not hers yet, because the kiddushin hasn't taken place. So whose date was it? Have So what is it? You can't say it's his date, because then how could she consume it? She's, that would be theft. So she must have the right to consume it. But he hasn't given it to her yet. So what's her right to consume it? Ah, says the Gemara, there's, a, there's a way that something can be not yours, but you're allowed to consume it. And that's Milveh. If I lend you a loaf of bread, the understanding is you're going to eat the loaf of bread and you're going to return to me a different loaf of bread. Or you'll give me the value of a loaf of bread. If I lend you my car, my expectation is when you're done with it, you'll give me back my car. Not that you'll sell the car or use the car and give me back some other car. That's not the understanding. But if I give you money, the expectation is you'll spend the money, you'll give me different money. You're not going to give me the same coins. If I lend you food, you'll consume the food and you'll give me different food. So this first date is a halva'ah, asks the Gomorrah. If it's a halva'ah, how can it work for Kiddushin? The other dates aren't worth a prutah. The first date is a loan. It's not a gift. How can it work as a gift? And this all revolves around a Gomorrah on Daf Nun that we'll get to further on, where the Gomorrah talks about a man who betrothes his wife and says, here's the ring. Here we're not talking about dates, we're talking about a real ring. But he says, but the kiddushin will only be activated in 30 days' time. In other words, I want 30 days to still think about this. But if, if nobody changes their mind within the 30 days, we're done, this is it. So I'm going overseas, but, and you should know, if we haven't cancelled it, comes 30 days, we're married. So that's what, that's what he does. And the Gemara says in, in such a case... Is she allowed to spend the money? So let's say he goes off, he gives her this, this ring. She's a poor girl. All she's got is the gold ring. So she decides to sell it. So she puts it on eBay, she sells it, she gets a few hundred dollars, and she spends the few hundred dollars on, on a dress for herself and on some food. Comes the 30 days when the, when the Kiddushin is activated, the ring is nowhere to be found. It's already been consumed. My time. This money that, that, that he gave her for the Kiddushin is not a loan and it's not a Pikadon. It wasn't given to her in the, as a security. Pikadon means you've got to give it back to me as it was. Milve means you can use it. In this case, it's neither, says the Gemara, and the Gemara goes on. Asks our Tosvis, and this is a great example of the fineness of Tosvis bringing two different situations, comparing them and finding the difference. So what is the difference, asks Tosvis. In that case... When the Kiddushin fall becomes active. So let's say on the, on the 1st of January, he gives her the money. On the 30th of January, the Kiddushin becomes active. On the 30th of January, there's no money. There's no ring. There's no anything. There's nothing. It's gone. But we say it's fine. It's okay. The act of Kiddushin was done on the 1st of January. The halot of the Kiddushin, the activation of the Kiddushin was done on the 30th of January. And that's fine. And as long as it was hers, he gave it to her as a proper gift on the 1st of January. That's an act of kiddushin. It works fine. Ask Tosavis, why is this any different? He gives her the first date. It's her date, otherwise she couldn't eat it. So he's clearly given it to her. He's given it to her as kiddushin. She eats the date. Three minutes later, he gets to the end of the date, of the plate of dates. Now the kiddushin is So Instead of talking about 30 days, we're talking about 30 seconds, and we're talking about three minutes. But what's the difference, says The fact is, you gave it to her and it was hers. She ate it, which she's entitled to do and now the Kiddushin should be chal why do we say it's a milveh why do we say it's it's a loan it's not it's not a gift so the run explains there on Dafne and tet and the Avni Miluim explains the Run very beautifully and it's the avne Miluim we are going to learn the Avni Miluim, you remember is the the is written on choshen mishpat the laws of business the avne Miluim, he wrote on the laws of marriage it's two major works end of the of the 18th century and forms the basis as we've discussed before of modern Lomdus modern Gemara methodology, is the Tse and the Avne And he brings this Gemara and he brings uh, Tosphus and he says, The run explains Tosphus's idea a little more clearly. And the Avne explains the run a little more clearly. And it's a good example of how, as the generations go, you need more explanation. The Tosphus becomes clearer if you see the run, and the run becomes clearer if you see the Avne in the case on Dafnun Tet, where he gives her the money on the 1st of January, he can't back out from the money. He can back out from the Kiddushin. So he could say, look, I made it a 30-day because I wanted a 30-day cooling-off period. We got engaged because we we met each other, we fell in love, and and I I didn't want to waste a moment, and I was Mekaddish you, but I wanted a 30-day cooling. Let's be sure that we're actually serious about this. What happens if he decides to say during that 30-day period, you know what? I've decided not. He's entitled to do that. So is she. But the money doesn't go back explains the run, the money has to have been given unconditionally. This is yours. I'm giving you the money. With this money that I'm giving you, you are makadish yourself to me. You are dedicating yourself to me. Now, I can go back on the second part and say, okay, I don't want the kiddushin, but I can't go back on the gift because if the gift wasn't given absolutely, if the gift wasn't given totally, then how would the kiddushin work altogether? So that's how it works over there. But that's different from here. Because here, here it's different because he hasn't even finished the act of Kiddushin. This is an extended act of Kiddushin. Normally, a man stands under the chuppah nowadays, gives his wife a ring, it takes a few seconds, he says, and she agrees, the Kiddushin is done. It takes a few seconds. He is schlepping it out. One date, another date, another date. This is a three-minute kiddushin, or a five-minute kiddushin. And it only really completes when the last date is given to her. So that means until that time, he hasn't done the kiddushin. If he hasn't done the kiddushin, he could pull out of the whole thing. He could say, okay, I just made a terrible mistake. We were just kidding around. It's nothing. Now, what is the status of the dates she's eaten the status of the date she's eaten says, the governor, that's called a milveh because he could call it back. He could say to her, it's all overs. And I didn't give you anything because what I gave you was based, I was giving you kiddushin, but we didn't get to the end of it, so it never happened. So what about the dates you've consumed? You better pay me back for them. That's a loan. So whether it's a loan or not, as we learn and understand the run, as the Avdim Miluim understands the run, when an item is given to somebody with an attachment, I can still pull it back, I can still take it back in one form or another, that is called a halva'ah, that is called a loan. And so as we learn this, and this is difficult, it's pages of Gomorrah, and, and you think of it, young children are learning this gemorrah and applying to their minds, to understanding the difference between giving an unconditional gift over which I have no more control and giving a, a gift over which I have some control. And if I have some control over the gift, it's not a gift It's alone. It might become a gift later on, but at the moment it's alone, and understanding that difference. And what's even more important is when you think about it, of what the act of kiddushin is. This is the first act of marriage. What is the very first thing a husband and wife do? They do kiddushin. Until then, they're not husband and wife. That's the thing that makes them husband and wife. And what is an act of kiddushin? An act of kiddushin is the young man has to let go of something he's very worked very hard to earn. It's not conditional. It's not a loan. It's not something you might give me back. We had the, the Yotzat on Shabbos. We mentioned it on Friday in the, in the Matmonim of Rabbi Bernard. It was a famous rov in, in South Africa. And he told me of a story he had doing a very a wedding of a very important two families that were marrying. The shul was packed a very prestigious wedding, and as he always does at the beginning of the, at, at the chuppah, he says to the bridegroom, is this your ring? And he says, no, not exactly. It's actually my, my bride's granny's ring. She wanted us to use that ring. So Rabbi Bernard explains, well, that's not going to work. It's got to be your ring. So they said, no, she insists that they, we use her ring. So Rabbi Bernard calls the old lady up and says, are you willing to give the ring as a gift to this young man so that he can do the wedding? She says, absolutely not. This is my heirloom. I'm not giving this to anybody. And there was a major a major tumult because it wasn't a, a ring that was clear gifting. It must belong to the chosin, absolutely. And he must give it to his wife, absolutely. That's the first act of marriage. Take something you've worked for, you've paid for, you've bought, you've invested in, and give it to your wife unconditionally. That's the very, very first act of marriage. And that gets the mindset right of what one's going to need to be able to do throughout one's marriage. And not not only in a marriage, to be able to take something that we're very attached to because we've worked for it and to give it to another person as an act of generosity and gifting and to make sure that in the gifting there are no strings attached in the literal sense of the word. There's no ability to pull it. This is yours. Do with it as you want. If a man gives a woman a ring and, and, and she's not allowed to sell it What do you mean? I I gave gave you this ring. This has got sentimental value to me. You can't sell it. That's a question of whether the kiddushin was valid. There can be no condition. She can do what she wants with the ring once once she's received it. The only important moment is the moment of giving it to her. That has to be an unconditional gift. Thereafter, this belongs to her so as to set the tone for the marriage uh, that a man has to be generous in a way that is unconditional with no strings attached. (laughs)